Welcome to Sunday Social. I'm Bon Davis. It is 7 p.m. Show number 197. Countdown's number 200. And boy, oh boy, if you're planning on making me a cake, you've only got uh, three weeks left. Think about the recipe. Foo Fighters in the background, of course. And uh, like half of Auckland, I was feeling the FUMO last night because everyone else seemed to be there. And I wasn't. Hashtag FUMO. I should have used that. I absolutely should have used that. Hey, welcome to the show. As always, text us 3920, keyword live. That'll blink up on the screen in front of me. You can tweet me at Vaughan Davis. I would just love that. Later on, well, he's here already, in fact. He's here already with what seems like half of his whanau, uh, Mr. Paul Brislin. Mr. Paul Brislin will be with us to discuss, um, well, the latest from Facebook and why you and your family might want no part of it. And, and... Fit brother is watching you. Why that uh, little thing on your wrist is uh, maybe sharing just a little bit more than you would like it to. First, though. Working That's a time to question your life choices, not least of which is your job. Increasingly, when we do that, the next step is to turn to LinkedIn, update the profile, and wait for the office to roll in. It's not just an online CV platform, though. Increasingly, LinkedIn is becoming a go-to for business news and opinion. And in the last couple of years, I think anyway, its popularity with New Zealanders has really taken off. Now, no one knows more about LinkedIn in New Zealand than author and LinkedIn expert from Blue Banana, Linda Coles. Linda, welcome back to the show. Hello, Vaughan. After after (laughs) what feels like a two-year absence. It probably would be about two years. Well, a lot has happened. A lot has happened on LinkedIn in two years. Am I right in thinking that it's... It, it, it's evolved, it's mainstreamed, and it's become a lot more than just a place to, you know, find a job or find a hire. It has indeed. Um, there's probably about 1.5 million New Zealand people on there now, which is a huge amount when you think of, what, 4.5 million population. Take out the old folk and the kids. That's a lot of business folk that are on there. So um, it's, it's grown massively. It's become mainstream, like you say. And it's not just a place where you have your online CV any longer. So people are using it for all sorts of things now. <laughs> so, so typically it used to be um, executives, I suppose, is where LinkedIn was was pitched at. But yeah. but, but nowadays, I mean, I had, I had uh, you know, not judging, uh, someone sent me a friend request uh, last night, and I think he worked in the produce department at a supermarket. And, and, and it's cool, yeah, his, his, he's probably listening. His profile picture was him holding this, this potato, which potato. Just, ha- just happened to be the shape of a heart. But uh, so it, it's not just the boardroom anymore, not at all. is it? Not at all, no. And you'll find everybody from cheesemakers to... Um, cheesemakers? John Key, um, uh, Helen Clark, um, Lord. There's all sorts and Lord everybody is in on between. LinkedIn? She absolutely is. Just in case, just in case the, the music thing doesn't work out, she's, <laughs> she's on LinkedIn and she might, might get a job. Well, she might get a job in the, in the produce department well, absolutely selling heart-shaped potatoes <laughs> the world is our oyster so it's for everybody and if you're not on there then you absolutely should be because it's the place to be in a professional manner so it's not just the place to be though if you're sick of your job or if you're looking to hire someone is it the 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 change for me i think in the last mm, two years has been that the LinkedIn news feed has really come to life. Yep, it has. And if you think that most people nowadays are using LinkedIn on their mobile, um, that's a really important fact because 80% of the engagement 
of a LinkedIn post comes from mobile itself. So it's somebody sat with a mobile using the app rather than someone on desktop. So that has a, um, an effect then when you're trying to put content out yourself, when you're sharing something, it needs to be mobile friendly. And, and well, mobile friendly, what does it mean? Well, people like to be able to see things on their phone now without having to click through and then go and read an article on another site that might not be optimised even. So it's really tricky they to even read it. They might have tiny little, little, yeah, little fonts and scroll yeah. and scroll and scroll. Yeah. You know, and if, uh, once you hit 40, you need your specs on anyway. And so it's got to be optimised. So people like to just stick with what's on their screen. So that means rather than write a great long blog post and stick it on your blog, on your website, maybe you should take the bones of that, but maybe put it into 100. 5200 words and then post that directly into LinkedIn into the news feed. So let's dwell on the news feed for a bit. I mean, some of what is on there is dire. Uh, <laughs> I lost count of the number of times I saw that god-awful picture of ten wolves with circles around certain <laughs> wolves saying, this one is the leader, this is the sick wolf. How did you know? Um, <laughs> But generally speaking, set, setting aside the sick wolves, um, what sort of stories and what sort of information, what sort of opinion are you finding as a LinkedIn user now in that news feed that you're not going to find necessarily on, on Facebook or just by going, you know, directly to the Herald or, or stuff or, or News Hub or wherever? I think more people are posting their experiences now um, in more of a conversational tone. Kind of war stories. A sort of a war story, yeah, because a lot of those war stories are th have happened to other people. So, for instance... Um, maybe you've just recruited somebody or recruitment's gone wrong or you've had to sack somebody, something like that, and you've written almost like a word-for-word -word conversation between the two people, obviously not <laughs> mentioning names, of, of an example as an experience That's so that other people a, can look, for, look yeah, at it. It's become a bit of a genre, hasn't it? it it's has. like, you know, um, It's I, easy to communicate I walked to the boss's office, mm. begin, begins the LinkedIn post. Yes, you know? that, that's right. Um, but those are popular if you look what's actually getting the likes and the comments and the shares because, A, they're on the news feed, they're not further back back into some blog somewhere on another site and because they're short and sweet and to the point we haven't got time so that's why those are popular it's easy to put your two cents worth in and move on with your day so as a reader i i, I can see the value in the linkedin news feed mm. and you know, i i loiter there you know for a minute several minutes each day <laughs> um as a linkedin member why should i bother Posting those little stories, what's in it for me? Putting up this little story of, hey, here's how I, you know, here's how I made my, I sold my first uh, heart-shaped potato, my <laughs> friend might say, and he'll tell the whole story of the heart-shaped potato. Why would he bother? What's in it for him? Because whatever you do on there, your your little picture, your name goes with it. So your brand's exposed to people. So those people that don't know you exist now have an opportunity to see you because once you commented on somebody else's post, that has gone out exponentially into someone else's network. Right, so it's a bit like Facebook in that respect in the likes, comments and shares uh, all contribute to making your stuff more visible, right? That's, that's correct. Try and comment where possible rather than just click the like button. And when you're posting something, don't go for like, go for love. Go for thinking, who's going to love this? Because if you if you think this is actually a great piece of content that I'm writing, and you know, don't be afraid to be a bit modest there, but that's the sort of stuff that then gets carried on rather than the mediocre, oh, I can just like that. So digging a bit deeper into, you know... Let, let's say I think that the whole world wants to hear what I have to say. Um, oh, I hope some some of the I'm world sure wants to. Do. I hope some of the world wants to hear it. 
one of my options is to just post something on LinkedIn, you know, 100 words about, yeah. uh, you know, I've just I've just interviewed Linda Coles about LinkedIn and here's the link to the audio. That would be a good little post. Mm -hmm. But what's how I wanted to write a longer blog about the whole thing? So LinkedIn allows you to do that, right? It does. Tell me about that. Well, then you've got what they call the publisher, which is where you can write a long-form post. And it's become many people's blog because with that, they've already got an audience, i.e. their connections. So when they post something, their connections automatically have the opportunity of seeing that within their newsfeed. They haven't then got this whistling on its own little um, blog that gets no traffic and tumbleweeds blowing by because mm. they're actually already within a community. So that's why that works. And you can put images and you can embed stuff. So you can embed the, you know, you could embed this recording if you so wished. Um, maybe we already have. Maybe and have. maybe people are <laughs> listening to it inside the blog. That's kind of scary. Meta, meta. So it's just, a, it's a longer form. It's, if you've got a bigger opinion, bigger story to say, then that's where you put it. So let's talk about those connections. You said that your connections are likely to see it. How, how many connections do people tend to have? Do you have any stats on that? Um, it varies. Uh, actual connections can vary. Well, it doesn't show until you get to 500 plus. It stops there. So even if you've got 510, it'll only ever say you've got 500 plus. Right. It's a good idea to get to that 500 because otherwise you might look like Norman No Mates. Right, because so, they'll see 12 and you, or yeah, that's right. 72. So, yeah, if you're in, say, the PR game, I, if I'm coming to you as a, um, as a prospect for you, I would expect you to be well-connected and know everybody. So if I see you've got 12 connections, I'm, you know, I might just move on and go to a different PR agency. Well, it's, it's, almost, it's, become, <laughs> it's become the place where you check someone out. And I don't mean that in a, you know, across a crowded Spooky. bar sense. Mm. I mean, you know, if I'm going to do business for someone or if I'm thinking of employing someone, obviously, or I'm going to interview them on the radio, LinkedIn's a good place to start, isn't it? It is. Just to to get a, get a feel for what they're about. That's right, because if they fill the profile out properly, then there'll be all sorts of little nuggets that you can use. And particularly, you know, like we're having an interview here. I've written on the bottom of mine, my, uh, I support cancer charities and I, I run, etc. Now, you could use that if you also support cancer charities or you run. That's also something that would make it um, a warm conversation to start with. So when you are going out to see a prospect and you've had a look at their profile and there's something you can talk about, it's an icebreaker. But the, the interesting thing about LinkedIn, though, is that okay i'm gonna i'm gonna meet linda we're gonna you know because i'm trying to sell you something a heart-shaped potato um <laughs> i research you you know that i've looked i do which is which is um it's creepy worth bearing in mind <laughs> isn't it so if, if i am looking at someone else's linkedin profile they won't necessarily be notified of that, but if they check, they will find out that Vaughan has been looking. So that's something to bear in mind, isn't it? It can, is. Can you get around that? You can. You can turn it off, but it works both ways. It's a bit like you show me yours, I'll show you mine. So if you've got it turned off, you can't see who's looked at you, um, and they can't see that you've looked at them. But, you know, there's a lot of people that would say, hey, if someone's looked at your profile, they've looked for a reason, either they've got you by mistake or they are checking you out for something. So why not then send them a message and say, hey, if I can help you, you know, I saw you spied on me. Yeah, well, now that's, that's the other thing that LinkedIn offers, and it's, you know, Oh, there's, a, there's a thousand messaging platforms in this world. But, you know, to contact you for this interview, mm -hmm. I, I messaged you on LinkedIn. You how, how heavily used is LinkedIn messaging and why would you use LinkedIn messaging over a text message or an email or a Facebook message or a WhatsApp or whatever? Well, I haven't got your mobile, so I couldn't text you mm -hmm. because you're not my friend. 
But I'm your... But you're my connection. Con- connection. <laughs> connection, friend. Oh, it's so confusing. Yeah, so you're in my business category, so you're not likely to be in my phone. Um, also, when you look on LinkedIn and someone that you're connected to, you can see by the green dot if they're active online at the moment. So I can see that I will probably get an instant reply from you because you've got a green dot there. And more to the point, if you do message me and I don't reply, you'll know that I was there, yes. probably saw the message and, and ignored me. chose to snub you. Hey, we're talking to uh, LinkedIn expert Linda Coles from Blue Banana. After the break, uh, the 101 on getting yourself on LinkedIn, getting yourself seen and hopefully getting a job back soon. Davis, hashtag Sunday Social Radio Live. Welcome back to Sunday Social. I'm Vaughan Davis and we're talking LinkedIn. It's the beginning of a new year. We're thinking about how crummy our jobs are. Not mine, not mine. I have the best job in the world, but some people don't have the best job in the world. And for a lot of us, the first place we go is LinkedIn. Linda, imagine I'm not on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I want to get on there. I want to get visible. I want to get noticed. I want to get a job. Talk me through it. Well, start with the basics and fill out your profile. Now, that might sound like a pretty obvious thing, but there's there's parts of it that most people seem to just miss out for well, whatever Well, maybe reason. we should go back before the basics. So, how do I actually... Oh, LinkedIn.com. Right, okay. <laughs> Open an account. Yep. And <laughs> Simple as that. And does it cost me anything? Not at all. You've got two opportunities. So, you've got the free version, which is what I would say probably a good 90% percent of the world is on. Uh, that's on LinkedIn, and then you've got the premium, and um, that's got some other bits and bells and whistles. I want to talk. On. I want to talk about the premium thing in a minute. Yeah. But so I've, I've gone to LinkedIn. I put in an email address, and 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 I'm in. Yeah. Next thing, fill in my profile. Tell fill me in about your profile. That. So the first thing is your photograph. Now that might again sound obvious. Potato. <laughs> heart, Not your potato. Heart, well, <laughs> that makes no. If you weren't listening to the first half, uh, yeah, heart-shaped potato. Just just go back and listen to the podcast. <laughs> It'll make sense. So make sure you've got that picture. It looks like you. Women are the worst, myself included, because we tend to use a picture that's 10 years old and nice and self-focused where we have no wrinkles and our hair looks completely different. So that needs to be updated if you're updating and if you're creating your account, you must get that in because you're 13 more times likely to come in a search later on if you've got a profile picture. It's just weird to not have a picture, isn't it? It's if, weird. If this is kind of your CV, yes. it's weird not to have And we a don't want you in your... Um, Budgie smugglers at the and, beach, and, and, and the surfboard. Want, you don't want me holding holding a large fish like half of the people on Tinder, no, I'm told. not at all. No. That's right. So, so it's, it's you, time. head and shoulders, business. But, I mean, it's not a passport picture. You can smile. Okay, so <laughs> I've got my picture. I've got my, my, my name and where I work. What happens next? Yep, then your headline is the next bit down. And if you think that when Google's searching through your LinkedIn profile, it starts at the top, so that's the first set of words. So you need to have... Good keywords in there about what it is you do. Ah, so you wouldn't just say, you know, radio guy. No. You might say radio guy covering um, technology, social media, the internet, and innovation. You, to get you some possibly would. Keywords radio presenter. Because mm-hmm. someone that's looking would be looking for new radio presenter for their own outfit. I'm getting ideas now. <laughs> you need to get those keywords in there. So the essence of what it is you do, you've only got something like 140 characters. It's not very much. Um, the absolute essence of what you do. And if you are looking for a career change, so this year you've said, right, I'm out of here, I want to do something different, don't be afraid to put seeking opportunities or Ooh, words that, that affect. You don't want the boss to see that, though. Depends if you've already left, though, doesn't oh, it? Oh, that's true. That would, that would, that would be... <laughs> or did you notice in? That would be kind of honest. Okay, so I've got my headline, I've got my photo. Yeah, got your headline, your photo. Um, add some visuals. So, yes, you've got all the words, who you are, that type of thing. Write that from the from you so it's not that corporate sort of babble that was on the website of your last position or your current position. So we want to hear what you're like, so your tone. 
uh, what makes you tick, what makes you good at your job, what sort of things you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to spend some time on that summary aspect because that is the bit that takes time um, and people miss out. Mm -hmm. But that's the important part. Um, add your visuals then so you can, you know, if you do a podcast, put a link to your podcast that you do. If you've got a website, link to your website, a PDF of anything that's applicable relevant to the, relevant, the sort of yeah, you projects do. you've worked on that sort of stuff so you can add those photographs and it doesn't all have to be text um and then also just as a, as a as a side issue go and check the settings that you've actually got a choice of so that you're not inundated with emails from linkedin um that when you do update your profile if you want people to see it they they can and, and if you don't, off. they won't. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So while you're setting this up, you won't have any connections. But if you're making changes, you've probably got already connections. And you don't want every time you update a photograph or you update something else, necessarily your whole network to know about it. So okay. go and turn that off. So I've done myself a nice little profile and I've got no connections. Who should I connect with? Well, LinkedIn typically say those that you know. Well, I sort of Well, think that's rubbish, isn't it? It is, because really. we don't really know. I don't know well, 5,000 people. <laughs> um, I'm out there to network, as are most people on LinkedIn. So, therefore, I'm connecting with people that I vaguely know or that I like the look of or that I'd like somewhere within my business, not necessarily now but in the future, that I want them to know I exist. And see your stuff. And see my stuff because mm. I'm going to post stuff that I hope people find useful. Um, and that's what you need to do too. And you're just putting yourself out there. So what LinkedIn will do is serve up suggestions of people you might want to connect with or people you yeah. might know. And what you're saying is don't be shy if, hey, it's, um, you know, it's Lord. Well, you know, I don't know Lord, but I bought a CD. I, I bought a CD that one time. Where's the harm Absolutely. in a connection request? Now, when you make a connection request, uh, I just click the button and it goes, blink, off it goes. Mm. And it always says, oh, add a personalised note. Yes, and I never yes. add the personalised well, note. Well, you should. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, there's your advice. That's why you're well, here. You're the expert. You know, like if you meet somebody in a coffee shop later on, you get chatting and then you decide to connect. He might not know you from Adam. You might have had a hat on. So if you put, you know, nice to talk to you a moment ago in the coffee shop, he knows who you are. It's just a nice thing to do. Um, when you walk up to somebody physically at a networking event, you don't just go up to them and stand in front of them and tap them on the shoulder and that's it. You actually start a conversation. Now, com <laughs> so we've talked about who we should connect with. The flip side of that is whose connection requests should we accept? I've, I've had one that's sitting in my inbox for about a month. Um, <laughs> You're still undecided. I'm still undecided. <laughs> uh, because, you know, my day job is I have an advertising agency called The Goat Farm. Mm -hmm. And a few people misunderstand that. So I get quite a few connection requests from <laughs> people in the dairy industry. And in this in this case, it's, it's someone who represents um, the Hindustan goat farming concern in uh. <laughs> a long way from here. Um, who should we accept and who should we reject? Well, there's some obvious ones that you, when you look back at their profile, you would think, oh, that's spam. Mm. And there's spam on there, just like you get spam on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere because else. once you've connected with them, they can freely message you. That's right. So if you are in any doubt and you think, mm, why would that guy from Uzbekistan that's working in the oil industry, if there's oil in Uzbekistan. Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> if you think, um, you know, I'm really not interested, don't be afraid to, 
to not accept it. You don't have to accept it. However, you know, if the CEO of Air New Zealand has contacted you, you might think, hey, I'm in. You'd probably say I'm yes. I'm going to say yes. If it's the real one. <laughs> is, the is, real is, one. is there much um, fakery on LinkedIn? People, you know, people pretending to be other people? I don't think so, really. I think some of the big names like Richard Branson had several profiles at one stage, but, you know, LinkedIn are wise to that sort of stuff and, and, and regularly sort of turf it out. So we said that LinkedIn was free, but you also said that there's something called a premium membership, and, mm. you, and you thought maybe 10% of people had that. That feels high to me. It's probably, it's higher, actually, when you look at the business side of things. Why? why and it's very expensive. So for a premium membership on LinkedIn, do you know off the top of your head how much it costs? Yeah, there's several different options oh, up there? to hundreds of dollars a month. Get but out. Hundreds of, why would I do it? Because if you're a recruitment agent, ah. it's a database. Ah. So there's so, a lot of people. So as a recruiter, that, these are the people who might get a premium membership. Yes, it gives and you sales. access to people who are not necessarily your connections. That's correct. And, and I'm that, noticing I'm getting an increasing number of sort of promoted messages in my inbox from people I've never heard of. That's advertising. That's completely separate. That's another thing. That's another thing. That's another we can thing, talk about yeah. that if you've got time. Well, <laughs> well in, in, the, in, the, in the context in the context of sitting at home thinking, mm, I need to get on LinkedIn and uh, I want to get a job, that's that's probably neither here nor there. Well, what are the, what mm. are the biggest mistakes people make on LinkedIn when they're trying to put themselves out there, trying to promote themselves. We've, we've talked about the, the profile picture of oneself in the budgie smugglers. There must be others. Yeah, and that's the, the buy my widget, buy my widget, buy my widget. It's not interesting and it's not the place for it. Mm-hmm. It's to build relationships, it's to have conversations, it's to put yourself out there and to share stuff. So so don't be a don't be a Tupperware lady. That's pretty much it. No offence, Tupperware ladies. <laughs> yeah, but that that's really it. Um, and, and keep it if you think, would I like to see this on LinkedIn, then fine. If you think, mm, it's probably maybe not, and it should go on Facebook, then leave it off. Because the, the community of LinkedIn will tell you if they think it's appropriate. And, and that's a really good point, because uh, I know you can, through various platforms, you can automatically post the same thing yes. to Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, yep. wherever. Yep. That's almost never a good idea, is it? Well, it depends on your product. Um, some things are more suited to other other platforms, um, but if you're focusing on LinkedIn, then you really should be sticking to that sort of business environment. And to give you an example, there was a CEO on LinkedIn, and she's a CEO of a swimwear company. Now, she's got every right to share photographs of her product in action, like the guy that's selling photocopiers. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yet, big busty blondes and whatever on their photographs people found offensive and said this isn't the place for it. Even though though she was a a swimwear... That's right. So you have to sort of, you know understand that it is a business platform and and give give some folk a bit of leeway (laughs) and say, why shouldn't she be allowed to use it? So apart from going on LinkedIn, listening back to this interview many, many times, making notes and doing it themselves, how can people find out more about how to do a good job on LinkedIn? Well, they can buy one of my books or there's plenty of help within LinkedIn itself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of people offering LinkedIn assistance. If you search LinkedIn for help on LinkedIn, there's a bucket full of them of various across the world. And where should they head if they want to buy one of your books? Um, probably the easiest place to start is bluebanana.co.nz and hit the books tab because all my books are on there. You can get them from Amazon, bookstores, Fish Pond, all the regular places. Um, the current one is Social Media for Business, um, which is the fourth one now, I think. I'm Lovely. Hey, so. uh, well, Linda Coles from Blue Banana, I guess I'll, I'll see you on LinkedIn. You certainly will. Hey, and you can uh, listen back to that whole entire interview uh, at your leisure.
at radiolive.co.nz under shows and Sunday Social. And if you want to go and have a look at a real live LinkedIn profile, um, Sarah O'Dwyer, our uh, technical producer, swore, swore during uh, that interview that uh, she was going to get off her behind and uh, make herself a profile. So get onto LinkedIn, have a look, and uh, send that connection request. I, I, have, I am of understanding that she will say yes. After the break, uh, Mr. Paul Brislin in the house with the apps of the week, including the lowdown on, mm, well, Facebook's come out with something just for the kids. We don't like it. Back soon. Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social. Hope the, your, uh, your Waitangi weekend is going Absolutely, Carpi, wherever you are in this fine country, and a very special welcome to Mr. Paul Brislin. How are you, Paul? I'm very good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I was just on LinkedIn actually. Um, just after, yeah, just listening to uh, the interview with uh, Linda Coles. She knows what's what. Um, and as it happened, I was I was I was getting LinkedIn connection requests <laughs> during that interview, even I, as we speak. I, th- I think listeners were just trying to think. Oh, we'll try this thing out. Well, Vaughan will, Vaughan will accept. He'll he'll accept anything. He'll, he'll clearly. Yeah. But uh, as I said before the break, uh, if you really want to connect with someone, uh, search Sarah O'Dwyer. I'm and, just looking uh, for her now. See if she's there. Sarah S A R A. S A R A. Yeah. If you S-A-R-A. want, if you want some, if you want some uh, technical production expertise, well, she's very happy here. Very happy at Radio Live. So, uh, but if in the future you want some technical production expertise, she's your woman. Now, Paul Fit Brother is watching you. Oh. Tracking your every move. Yes. Uh, it's doubly so if you're an American soldier. So um, those of you with Fitbits probably like to share uh, and compete with your mates. You know, I've run 10 kilometres today and this is the track I've run. And it's a very useful way of seeing where you've been and where you could go next time. And well, maybe it is. I long for the days of Farmville where, where I used to share that, you know, Vaughan Davis has, has, has harvested 100 pumpkins. Yeah. And they were virtual <laughs> and they required me not, not, not getting on. Well, yeah, all, which yeah, is, which yeah. Is no. Well, this is this is um, uh, a real-world version of that, I'm afraid, because you do actually have to get off your bum and go and do stuff. So uh, what's happened is Strava is a company that collates a lot of data for all of these apps. There are Fitbits. There's a whole raft of them. And uh, it publishes a map of where everybody likes to go, which is lovely. So far, so good. I've seen those maps. They're quite cool. They're quite cool. Yeah, I, saw, I saw one for, for Auckland, and yes. I saw that a lot of people ride their bikes around Woodhill Forest, which exactly. makes sense. They're out which there doing is it. doubly good good because you can then say oh well that looks like a really interesting place lots of people go there i've never been i shall go Sounds which good. is quite nice unless this, this of course is a completely benign story so it's far, just or, lovely isn't it well unless you are uh, <laughs> so somebody's dad said oh look it's a way of tracking rich white people and this kid said uh, who's a, a student in an australian university said actually that's quite true let's have a look and where see where they all are in north africa look at how many americans there are in libya and they appear to be running around this small patch of desert. I wonder what's on that small patch of desert. Oh, it's restricted military zone. I wonder... So on and so forth. So it has uh, become quite apparent that soldiers all over the world uh, like to go for a run and like to compete. And so they've been sharing uh, their locations as the app intends uh, without really meaning to. And so revealing an awful lot of um, fairly secure information that they really ought to not have been revealing. So most of us are not members of the US Special Forces. No. Uh, although we do Hang have... Hang on, hands up in the room. No, well, no, we we're have, okay. We do have quite a diverse listenership. Um, but for the rest of us, why should we care about this? Should we care? And, should you care? You know, should we do anything about well, it? Well, this is always the question, isn't it? Whenever it's uh, a privacy issue like this, is well, I don't, I don't care who follows me, but I do care who follows the kids. 
if they're walking home from school uh, with the Fitbit on saying, yes, you've got your 10,000 steps and this is the route you take home, um, that kind of thing really makes you want to think, oh, well, hang on a minute, maybe I need to consider uh, whether or not I should be sharing all my data in this way. And it's not just, of course, it's not just Fitbit. Uh, everybody's carrying around a smartphone these days. The phones are not connected by a wire anymore, Vaughan. So for the network to know where they are, it has to communicate with them. And so consequently, we're all carrying really quite large tracking devices. Yes, but that data, on the other hand, is protected by you know a, a, a privacy agreement you have with your telco and it it's is. not necessarily automatically posted online. No, no, it doesn't tend to become a map of it, it uh, tends your not location. To, this, this came up, um, this, this very issue came up on the, you know, the whole Fitbit, Map My Run, Strava thing. Yeah. Um, with a friend of mine, she's a, a woman, and realised that as she was posting her runs, she was telling the world not just that she was a very good runner, exactly. but where she worked, yep. where she lived, and when she tended to go for a run. That's right, which is not terribly secure. Not it's terribly. Not really and, and, but, but, the, but the good news is, certainly in uh, Matt Run, I think it was, mm. um, there is the option of levels of sharing. So, you know, the top level of sharing, which is probably the default, yep. is... Tell all. Tell, tell, everyone. Tell, tell everyone when and where and how you're yep. going running. But there's there's layers that you can strip back. So you can you can take away the time of the run, yep. which is quite handy. That's quite I, good. You know, I don't want to know yeah. that Paul goes running every day at 7 a.m. because that's, you know... That's I'll, when I'll, I'll go and break I'll, into his house. And I'll break into his house. But you can also, and I don't know what the term is, but blur the beginning and end. Right, so, okay. So, you know, yeah, it yeah. shows that Paul, I live Paul around here run somewhere. from roughly here yep. to roughly there and back. Well, it's about so from you, here to the edge of the it, desk. It's, it's, it's my running. from here to where the virtual pumpkins are. That's yeah. right. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. There's, uh, the, the, there's options. But uh, there no are. doubt, no doubt the US military in between uh, worrying about whether um, the president's going to push the button or the <laughs> civil defence um, uh, people in Hawaii are going to push the button that make it look like someone pushed the button, no doubt they'll be uh, doing something about that policy pretty quick. They really do need to. And don't forget, of course, it's not just Fitbits. It's also things like uh, Instagram will publish... Uh, location for your photos uh, all my photos now in Google Photos because somebody on the radio told me I had to use it. It's very it's, good, Paul. It it's very good. Very good. But that's not publicly accessible. But no, no, accessible but it does Google. list all of the photos that says it, uh, with the locations. Mm. They um, promise to do no harm. At yeah, yeah. Pinky um, promise. That's okay because they build robots for the military now, so it's all good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, so, so um, talking, you mentioned kids and we mentioned privacy. So this news um, came to my attention this week, just before Christmas, Facebook, bless them, we love Facebook, Bless, right? well, cute old Facebook, um, brought out a new app called Messenger Kids. Mm. So far, so good. Uh, so Messenger Kids is like Messenger, except you can only sign up um, with your parents' permission, so your parent, sure. parent must have a Facebook account. Um, you cannot delete your messages, so that if you know, oh, anything yes. dodgy happens, it's, it's still there. visible to your parents, and your parents can log in and view. It's for kids under 13, and that's significant, of course, that 13-year-old That is, that 13-year barrier, because, of course, you're not allowed a Facebook account until you turn 13. So there's probably, we should say that again, because there's probably quite a few parents, grandparents, aunties and uncles going out there going, hey, what? And they're looking across at their kids who are in the room on the long weekend. Going, you know, uh, uh, yep. not true, auntie. No. Um, <laughs> It is. You're not supposed to have a Facebook account until you're 13 years old. Yeah, LinkedIn, I'm not so sure. But uh, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, who cares, uh, and Snapchat, yep. 13. 13 is the, uh, is, is, is the cutoff. But uh, what, what, what are you? You're a parent. You're a digital I'm. guy. You're a digital guy. 
Uh, what's your take on f Messenger for kids? I, I am not a fan of the kids getting involved in social media at all uh, until uh, they've got their wits about them. So much older than 13, I would have thought, because primarily, but I'm, not because I'm, of I'm them. I'm 15, I don't have my wits around, about me. <laughs> well, there's, it, it only goes so far, really, doesn't it, before you just the, have to the, give up. There should be a test. <laughs> a, wit, um, a wit test. A wit Witless, hmm. wit more. So, uh, the, but the problem is, it's not so much them; it's the others out there connecting to them. Uh, Hi, I'm another 13-year-old kid in in a different town. I'd really love to chat with you and and tell you all about my life in but, this other place. Yeah, but that, but that's kind I of what don't they, like that. that's kind of what Messenger Kids is designed to prevent because the only well, people on it are meant to be the children of the of the uh, people who weren't paying attention when the kids signed up for a Facebook account in the first place. Yeah. You know, so I'm not a fan of the other extreme, which is the schools who say uh, thou shalt not. Um, Facebook, no matter what. And I've got to say, it's a bit old-fashioned to be trying to block things and ban things. Yeah. Particularly that, that, when it's Facebook, because most of the kids aren't actually on it. Well, They're on Instagram. That's right. That's the other story this week. A couple of Auckland schools have said, uh, you know, we ask that intermediate schools, we ask that no students um, use social media, not just during school, but, yeah, at, but all. at all. Which is quite a big step. It is a big step, but again, intermediate school, mm. you're, you're, you're theoretically 11 and 12. Yeah. Um, so you, yes, you really shouldn't. You be, really shouldn't. Yeah. Be. Next, next thing we'll be saying that the intermediate school could, shouldn't, shouldn't be smoking. Be driving. Shouldn't be driving or smoking. Dri driving, yeah. smoking or... That's right. Drinking. Any, any, drinking. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah you're a school trustee, aren't you? And you I am. You're not here to speak in that capacity. No, no, but... I, but is yeah, that it's the sort of discussion that comes up at school trustee? It or? is, and, and you do get the full range. Uh, and any meetings with the parents, you'll get the parents who say, well, we shouldn't be having computers in school because what will happen to the poor little darling's handwriting? And then at the other end, you get the people saying, let's do away with pencils and dead trees and move directly into the digital world and just plug the kids in with the little port on the back of their heads. So, you know, it is a very fine balancing act and all the schools have to walk this line. And, and I don't know that banning things works terribly well because as soon as the kids get to a computer that's not locked down, that they can access, they will try all kinds of things and see what they can sign up for. And, and of course, there's the whole um, forbidden fruit exactly. phenomenon. Yeah, uh, you know, the Streisand effect. Yeah, they, they didn't know Instagram was cool until the teacher told them they weren't allowed to use it. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, after the break, lots of things that are cool, um, including, um, well, I've got, some, I've got a weird site, I've got a rubbish app, and I've got a suggestion for a, a website that should exist but doesn't. Back soon. And welcome back to Sunday Social. Yes, indeed, don't worry, be happy. There's a bazillion rubbish apps out there, Ooh, especially on the Android Play Store, let me tell you. Uh, but luckily, luckily, Paul and I have spent the whole entire week sifting through and finding the good ones, haven't we? Well, yes, I suppose. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bring some love to it, oh, Mr. Brislin. There's just... Bring the love. Have you found a really good app lately that made you want to sit up and take notice and made you go, guys, you've got to try this? Okay, I'm going to go straight... Well, not since the um, the heady days of the Hector's Dolphin app, oh. which feels like just yesterday, but probably about a year ago. That, which, to recap... Um, <laughs> the is world's most useless app. The, the world's most useless app. Although I might have a contender. Um, it's a special app just to let you report <laughs> sightings of the four... Um, remaining Hector's Dolphins. When you are presumably in downtown Auckland because, of course, the network doesn't work terribly well if you're out at the Kermadec out, out, Islands. Out on the briny. Out yes. on the briny, no. Anyway. No. Anyway. Uh, but I might have a contender. Okay, uh, okay. I might have a contender hook, for the rubbish, brother up. The Tell me what's app of the week. You don't need this because, speaking of hook a brother up, you are a hooked up brother. Um, it's a dating app. Um. It's called Theramore. P-H-E-R-A-M. 
M O R. Do you see what they did there? Pheromone Amor. Pheromone Amor. I like it already. Pheromone. I'm going to click on the link and yeah. go to the page and see what it looks like. But it's it's not from it's not from France if it were, or Italy. And if it was, that would make um, you know the pronunciation a little bit more funky. Fermore, but it's actually from uh, Houston, Texas. Well, home of dating. Ho- home of um, yeah. Home, uh, what do you mean home of dating? Ho- <laughs> dating your sister. Ho- Hopers, home of only two things come from Houston, <laughs> Houston Texas. Texas. That's right. And and now you've and so got nowhere to go with that. Uh, I have yeah. got nowhere to go. But here's the thing. Feramore, I, I hope... Oh, the should, world's we, first we, smart dating app. Yeah, we should cut to the punch and tell people not to download it. Because <laughs> the way it works, it claims that it finds you your perfect other, not just through your social media profile, yeah, but through your DNA. Yeah, because my DNA's got an awful lot to do with it. Actually, it's the other way around, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, because you meet someone and yeah. then you make some DNA. That's right. You don't, you don't no, go, hey, I like your just... DNA. So what it claims, what it claims, Ferramore, um, is it will assess the 11, uh, 11 s- segments on your genome. Sure. That correspond, <laughs> I know, it's so sciencey. It's quite scientific. The 11 herbs and spices. Yeah, yeah. or oh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's maybe, what it maybe is. the whole thing is actually just a really big convoluted KFC joke. And, 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 and we haven't got it yet. Yeah. Um, so it assesses the yep. 11 stops on the, uh, 11 train stations on the, on the genome tr- um, railway. Uh, that correspond with your pheromones and yeah. goes, okay, well, based well, on that, hmm. Paul, you're going to like Vaughan. And I'm sorry, Paul, you <laughs> thought you were a straight man, but it's... Sorry. These are the, here are the test results. Science doesn't lie. So, and, and it requires you, yeah. um, you'll love this, to actually swab your cheek and send I was going to say, DNA. how do they get your DNA? So we've got a bit of swabbing going on. Swabbing of the cheek. And speaking of privacy, do they tell you what else they do with the DNA after they've well, swabbed? Well, they claim to do nothing else. And then, and, and then they go, oh, the microphone's hung up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. No. It's, 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 it just smacks of, um, I don't know, um, racial purity. Well, it and does, doesn't it? Because surely you may marry romance is, is a, a, um, a social construct, not, a, a, not got anything to do with your DNA. What? I, what I would really have thought. Anyway, the name is the name is Ferramore. Yeah, get in. Uh, if anybody yeah. tries it, we'd love to hear how you get on. Yeah, <laughs> invite us to the wedding. Yeah, um, just don't invite us to the first wedding anniversary because there probably won't be one. <laughs> hey, uh, of course, it's 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 Waitangi weekend, which is not, is not an official weekend, but you know Tuesday is Waitangi day, so we're all declaring it to be a four day weekend. So I got all excited about that, Paul. Yeah. I thought, what we're going to do. What we're going to do to celebrate Waitangi Day on uh, Sunday Social... On our nation's heritage. ...is reveal to the listeners mm. all the great digital apps, resources, games, websites, yep. um, video channels devoted to this really important part of our history. How'd you get on? Meh. Oh. Oh. Uh, oh. Well, no, I will say, I will say, if, if, you, if you're listening and you are listening, sort of, it would be oxymoronic for you not to be listening, <laughs> um, and you know of some awesome digital resources that tell the story of the treaty itself, the history behind it, the signing, yeah. uh, modern interpretations, there's just so many stories to tell. Point me at them, because I spent, oh, three or four minutes Googling this, and 
came up with? Well, I came up with the Ministry of Culture. Stay awake. <laughs> the Ministry of Culture and Heritage. Uh, .gov .nz. Oh. Has, has, they've got lots of really good stuff, but it's dry. Well, I'm looking here at treatyofwhitehangy.net.nz and it looks like um, uh, MySpace from about 1973, do you not think? I mean, it is... Oh. Uh, it's a dense I would body rather, of text. I would rather... I, I would find the original treaty itself <laughs> even easier to read. Even, <laughs> even the bits that are not there because they were eaten by rats. So That's right. It just, uh, I mean, you're a digital guy. You're a digital guy. Surely. It, it, there seems to be so many ways you could tell the story. Yeah. The, the one thing I would say, if, if you're sitting at home and you're going, uh, you know, oh, if only there was, there was some resource I could give to the kids, give them a potted history and give some context for, for Tuesday, um, on that Ministry of Cultural uh, culturalandheritage.gov.nz site, there is a little booklet called All About the Treaty. Okay. It's it's really good. Yeah. Uh, you can download it. It's free. Print it out and, and have a read. Um, but but it's just it's a format that I don't know. Oh, it was great ten years ago. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. If I'm on a mobile phone, it's you're not going to be downloading a, a, a PDF. Like, no, no, no. We need to get a, a little bit more motivated about all of this. Maybe the new CTO when we've got our chief technical officer. Yes. Can well, have we, a little crack at well, that. Well, we had that would be quite good citizenship. I think right, so. Right at the heart of it. Um, we had Claire Curran on the show about a month ago talking mm. about exactly that. Yeah, and, that's right. And that could be a... If they a, can do it in Estonia, we can do it here. Exactly. Well, they've probably got a really good Treaty of Waitangi they have um, website. website yeah. in Estonia. Yeah. Hey, um, you've been looking. You've been looking at this um, game site oh. that, that I, I sent you. Describe the site, and then I'll, I'll, I'll tell people what it's about. This is um, the fun, weird game site of the week, uh, if not of all time. I do like a weird game. Yeah, so I really do like an odd game. So this is, um, uh, it looks like a green screen from the 1970s. You're invited to um, fill in the uh, test to become a member of the civil service. That's pretty much it. And the, that's the, it, and then the, you're the, in. The, the, well, the web address is officeofinterchange.com. It's a free game. There's no, you know, you don't have to sign up. You just do it. It's really good fun. But, but, but it's quite, um, it's it, hard. It is. It's uh, and it's a good uh, good vocabulary game. So they give you a phrase with a word missing, and then a whole bunch of options for what that word could be. Uh, and you basically get three goes and um, get it wrong, and you're out. So the one I'm looking at here is it is wrong to eh, like that. Uh, and there are I'm going to say 25 words. Uh, there's no clock ticking, so I can take my own sweet time. Um, but several of these might fit, and you can... Oh, yeah, so, so it's, 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 it's a bit of a different... It's a bit like a um, uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas crossword. <laughs> it's a bit like a cryptic crossword, but sort of deconstructed. And th so have, have a look, have a play. Officeofinterchange.com. That'll keep you busy after the weekend. After, after. the weekend variety wireless. That's right. But uh, the whole thing is a, um, a promo for a TV series, which sounds really interesting. Oh. Uh, well, we, you know, Netflix series or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, called Counterpart. And, the, and the, the premise behind Counterpart, it's, it's a whole parallel universes Ooh. thing. And the, the, portal, the portal between the two parallel universes mm. is um, some drab, you know, Office 2107 right. in this government department. Which just which happens to open to another world. A, oh, a, I a see par it. A parallel other yes. government department in, uh, on the other side of the door. And it stars J.K. Simmons, who's one of my favourite actors of all time. So get in while you can. I don't know who J.K. Simmons is. Glorious. You'll recognise him when you see him. You'll have to watch the show. Solve the puzzle. Watch the show. 
Report back. And this the, is your task. And, 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 and there you will be. Hey, there's one there's one other app I want to talk about. And uh, I, I, well, Anna Connell. You know Anna Connell pretty Anna well. Anna Connell. Have you noticed that Anna Connell uh, has had a spring in her step she's recently? She's been bouncing along. She's she been has. bouncing along. Is it because she's getting married? No, it's not. It's you, got you nothing might to do think, with the fella. Troy, if no. you're listening, it's not because it's of not you. It's not Troy's bounce. So this this is, um, there. there is a um, an app. Just launched on Superglow, on Superglow, on Kickstarter, <laughs> that will fix your posture. An really, app to an fix app your posture. To fix your posture. Oh, you said you said I'm up, going you, to sit up very you, straight you, now you, because you I'm suddenly straight. very aware. You sat up straight when I when I talked about that. Uh, it involves a puck that you stick to your back. <laughs> it talks to your phone <laughs> and gives you mild electric shocks Zzzt. every time you slouch. In fact, well, I'll have to get, you know, Anna's the person to talk about get that. Get Anna in. Hey, yeah, um, yeah. thank you so much, Paul Brism, for joining me today. Thank you my first half guest, Linda Coles, talking all about the LinkedIn. And don't forget to go on LinkedIn and look up Sarah O'Dwyer, our technical producer. Graham Hill along in a minute. I'm Vaughan Davis. Nighty night.